Ladies and gentlemen, dudes and dudettes, boys, men, women, children of all ages, all the way live, hailing from L.A., California, yay, home of the palm trees and chronic leaves, some call it Grand Zilla or Top Chef Tony, I call it the champion Tony. What's going on, people? We are back at it again with the High Bud Tenders podcast. Um, it's me, Jarrell, and I got my road dog with me, of course, Rocky. How you doing today, Rocky? What's going on, Jarrell? We're doing a podcast in the morning. This is new for me, my dude. Absolutely. But um, I, I like it. We, you, we get Ooh, to wake and bake a little bit before we get our day started. That's a really good thing, too. So we have a special guest on the line right now. We have Keevan. What's going on? Not much. Y'all are going to need plenty of waking and baking to get to get all this uh, crazy madness that's going on in the Oklahoma medical marijuana industry, man. Yeah. So my man Keevan is a, a butt tender in Oklahoma. So... Small um, town, small town, Oklahoma. At that, let me say, like I'm not, I'm not your typical um, Tulsa, Oklahoma City bartender. I'm off in the sticks, so I'm my, but I do, I, I reach out everywhere. You know what I mean? I, I know the the plethora of everything. I know, I know the going rates. I've helped open dispensaries and stuff like that. So I'm off in the sticks, but 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 we got the connections around with understanding what's going on with it. How long have you been in the cannabis industry out there? Um, legal cannabis industry. I mean, I've been in it as soon as, you know, I, the, so that's the other crazy part. And, and I will give this fair warning to any, um, person that's listening, that's, that has the ability to their state to eventually go legal is it is very hard to get in as a bud tender, unless you are family or you are a pretty girl. It's very hard to get a job. Very hard to get a job. I'm wondering. I love that you said a pretty girl because I mean I feel like that is um, that is something that happens almost everywhere in the cannabis industry. Like you put a pretty girl at your dispensary. The thing to me, like you know, I I understand you know you can train a pretty girl, but. The whole family thing is that's that's what has went against business models for years. You don't hire your wife and your kids and your uncles and your cousins because it's, then it's drama and it's constant fighting and you know people. Yeah, so it's a it's been a it's it's been it's been a roller coaster out here. But um, a lot of predictions made at the beginning have happened. You know by now, like the the wolves are here. The concentrate game is super crazy low right now and I only predict it to get lower by the end of the year. When you say lower you mean um, like there's not a lot available? No, lower is in a price wise like there's going to be so much of it because technically right now we're, we're in drought season if you will you know what I mean because we ain't technical marijuana drought season is your summer you know you're waiting for all your outdoors and stuff like that but you can get concentrates everywhere. There's some places where you can go pick them up for, uh, you can get, I don't know, nine for a hundred or 10 for a hundred plus tax. So it's like 10 grams for one fifteen. Whoa, that's, whoa, whoa. That's, yeah, that's your, that's your mediocre, like lower shelf stuff, but you can still go get the shop I work at. We sell, 
diamonds and turquoise uh, ambrosia. It's from a apothecary they set up out of Colorado originally. But theirs is 40 a gram or three for 100, or their shatter and waxes are 25 a gram or five for 100. And that's out the door tax included. So, wow. So, but, like out here, like a good deal would be about like four grams for 100. Like, that's a real good deal out here. And I see, and that's the see the crazy that's where the Wild West of Oklahoma come into play, right? Because when they passed all the laws, they said initially. All you had to do was pay your $2,500 to get your license and stuff, your OBN, your basics. But it cost you like 3000 to actually just get the license, right? If you had your – and here you don't even have to have an actual business. You, you can just have a LLC. So you can get it under an LLC. So you have all those. Then plus the fact you've got all these at the beginning of it, you didn't have to have a tenure. They didn't have any kind of tenure at the beginning. So people could come in from out of state and set up shop immediately. Yikes. And now you only have to have a 25% tenure and still all you got to do, you know, is uh, set up. The fees are so fine. The fees are so low. You get someone from out of state that's like, hey, let me just find this person down here that looks like they're kind of know what they're doing. Let's pay all the money for them, get it up and running. And yeah, I heard it. What's the, how many dispensaries are in a small area in okay, Oklahoma? So I, I, my, my, I'll, I'll tell you my town. It's called McAllister. So it's kind of off in the sticks in the sense that there's the closest, like, Tulsa, Oklahoma City, which is a bit, the two biggest cities, they're two hours away, right? So we're kind of our own small big city out here. So we're, and we're close to the mountains. So we have a lot of people that have to fluctuate in. But we only have like, we don't have a Brahms, or I mean, we don't have a Burger King. There's a lot of them small things like that that can't stay supporting. But we currently have 15 dispensaries. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, that tells you, like, in Oklahoma County alone, there there was, like, I want to say there's, like, a thousand or uh, over a hundred. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane, the amount. And, and that's, of, that's all medical, right? Not yeah, right we're all, yeah, we're strictly medical right now. The other crazy part about it, like at the beginning of it too, because so the other thing is, say you pay your $2,500 and you just start shipping in out of state shit and you start selling it on your shelves and they come in and say, hey, you can't do that. Here's a $2,500 fine. Don't do it again. If we come back in here and it's like that again, we're going to shut you down. (laughs) So they just, we sat down and talked with the dude that uh, one of the, uh, biggest dispensaries here in Oklahoma that come from Oregon that said he did he did what was called burner license he would just pay the $2,500 and put some random Joe whatever address down the street run on it for a month month and a half two months till they caught it and by that time he'd have made $25,000 $50,000 and he just did another one so uh, uh, Wild West yeah, for they, sure. they don't call Oklahoma the Wild West out here for nothing. So things are starting to starting to tighten down on some stuff, but like, I mean, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of lacks, you know. Because again, I bitch about packaging. I just bitch about small shit that to me pertains to the patients itself. I don't 
I don't want to, I don't want to get a box of concentrates that has this real pretty flower on it. That's supposed to like, it should just be, it should just be basic. It's, it's, it's medical. It's not. Yeah. Right. And you know what? One, that was, um, it was one of your, that was one of the videos that really, really caught my attention because, um, I'm not going to say you kind of went off, but you called out a bunch of, um, like different companies for their packaging that make it look like, like all these <laughs> cartoon characters or just like yep. kid friendly packaging. Yep. And you caught their ass out on it, man. I, I kind of yeah. love that. And see, that's where I know, what? I know that I could get like my, I've been doing this a, just a little over a year. And I know that if I were to like just strictly be trying to gain followers, I could do nothing but post my pictures of my reviews and do them in ways that look eye appealing to gain those. But I'm about truth. I ain't about about followers. I'm about to. I'm I'm about speaking the shit that needs to be said that no one in the industry is fucking talking about. You know. I love it, man. And that's what I'm about. Right. I think I'm a little safe when it comes to like reviewing, because I only review the shit that I like. I don't review the shit that I don't like, because um, you know this industry is real fickle. You know what I mean. And I work for a very large company, so I try not to like bash any of those companies i try for the most part if a customer i've had companies reach out to me like hey i really want you to review my product i'm like all right cool and i give i'm honest 100 percent. that's all the way so there are some products that i will try that i just won't review because i'm not maybe it was a bad batch maybe it was something i'm not trying to bash anyone i'm just trying to get my honest opinion and sometimes my honest opinion is nothing but bashing them and i'm not trying to hurt anyone in that sense now no no and here's my thing i feel like if you review you should have carte blanche to say that's that's what makes a good person a person that does a good review that's what makes them good you know what i mean yeah because i mean like they both the good side and the bad side because you give honest reviews. But in my industry, I feel like if you do give a really bad review, it's going to be like it's not going to come off very well. Uh, you know what I mean? Where I like when people do honest reviews because it helps me out a great deal. See, and I'm I'm honest on every aspect. The most if there's ever like the only way that I'm if it's like skip. You know, a lot of the times anyways, I've learned that I, I, if it's bad, I reach to the person first. Mm. If they can give me some kind of, hey, this was what, this was this. And, you know, you can totally tell by people's attitudes. But if they're just like, hey, whatever it is, what it is, I'm like, all right, then. <laughs> it is, bro. Like, here's I warned you. You know, here's your video. So, And a lot of them are really apt to try to give an explanation or maybe it was a bad batch or – I don't know about this, but I work I work at a dispensary and I got some super killer killer um, slurricane from this grower and I put it in my pipe and when I started smoking it it started sizzling. Mm. Nice. And I was recording it because I was doing a review and I was like, "Y'all hear that? Y'all hear that?" And I posted it immediately. My fucking owner called me like, "Bro, you can't be posting videos about stuff that we carry on our shop that may be making them look bad." I'm like, man, I've actually lost three jobs because of my honest reviews. The fact that I wouldn't bullshit around, you know what I mean? So, but well, I that's that's one of the things I appreciate though, like your your realness, your honesty. Even like one of the things 
I really like is how the fact, like you said, you don't dress anything up, man. You get out there in front of the camera in your fucking robe, and you you light some shit up and talk about it, man. And that's why I just love your authenticity. And it's, it's, you know, a, it's a. My 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 Instagram. I I try to make everything about me an extension of my life, and I take pride in everything I do to an extent. The other extent, I just really don't give a fuck what you think. You know what I mean? <laughs> so when it comes to my work or anything I do along those lines, I try to do to the best of my possible extent to be the best person I can. But if you don't like that, and you don't like who I am, or you don't like the way I dress, or you don't like the way I say, well, you ain't affecting me one bit or another. You know what I mean? And if more That's people good. need to live like that, you know, if more people just didn't give a shit what the person next to them thought about them, we'd be a lot better off. That's real shit, man. Hell yeah. So what, um, I saw like one of your videos where you talked about, um, some, some stores not telling customers who the growers are. Is that like a common thing out there? Oh where- yeah. yeah. So that's one thing I love about my shop is, um, the shop that I work at currently, when you come in, work we have two tables. On one side's indica, the other side's sativa, or hybrid, and the other side's sativa, and they're color coordinated: red sativa, green hybrid, blues indica. And it's going to tell you the THC on it, the grower, all that, blah blah blah. And in McAllister, in my small town, it is very, very, very rarely only maybe. 12% out of all the dispensaries that you go into that let you know who the grower is or have her advertised who the grower is. That's crazy because out but, here we have to. But the thing also is in McAllister, there's only two or three growers that are willing to purchase quality flour that everyone else buys it so cheap that they sell it so cheap that they ain't worried about that shit. They don't care whether it's good or not good. They're just trying to make max profit. You know what I'm saying? So what do you think there's a reason for that? Or is it just like, they don't care money or are they trying to hide something? Okay. Just money. I mean, just like greedy money. I mean, those people are just nothing but money though, because, because the, the, uh, Oklahoma market is so flooded. There's so many choices out there. You know what I mean? There's so many choices. And people are going to buy weed regardless. And when you get a super, there's one place outside of town, town, they're kind of got a real good loyal clientele customer base. They ain't got super good flower, but their location and just they've they've always been there. They can have shitty weed, but people, people still buy it because they go. They almost go off the old school uh, agenda of okay. Well, if I buy all this shitty weed, then I know the next batch will probably be better. You know what I mean, type of thing. Instead, yeah. go the place where I work at. We usually get like quads for half of the time, and it's all top shelf, fucking exotic. You know what I mean? Perked up, max fixings. You know what I mean? Banana max and just all all these different fucking exotic strains. You know so. How many strains do you carry at your location? Uh, How many strains do you have at your, uh, usually on average? We uh, are max, we max out at about 30. Wow. That's, That's a lot. Yeah, we usually, we usually try to carry between, I would say, like, I would say, yeah, close, at least six, six, and six. We, we rarely hit 30 because we come and go so much and we're, our other fucked up part is we're a small franchise out of OKC, so we don't get, we got to order. And see, that's where my fuck up is, right? I, I 
me personally, I have to work nights because due to medical issues and to uh, get rheumatoid arthritis three years ago, I had to quit my job so that my wife could go back to school. Well, now I'm able to work a little bit, but she's still a sole provider, so I can only work these certain hours and shit. But, dude, there's inventory's never there, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's the worst. Customers have been slacking. Like, there hasn't been there as many customers. And there's a rule of two, the rule of three, however you want to call it, in dispensaries. You can have a loyal customer as you want and say they come back to get that one product and you don't have it. Okay, that's okay. They're going to go somewhere else one time. They're going to come back again. If you don't have it that second time, they're probably going to go back to the place that had it, and they're probably going to stay there and not come back to you until they feel like they have to, you know, they need to again. People aren't, right. people aren't going to come checking every day, every day, every day. And when you run out as often as we do, it, 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 you just run your customers away. The sad yeah, people like what they like. You know what I mean? They're going to be return customers. They want what they want. They don't realize it's a plant most of the time. So it's like it's going to eventually at some point it's going to end. We're in a, we're in a weary we're, – so the thing, the thing about uh, the Oklahoma medical market is almost just kind of like, you know, the world market or the U.S. market. It depends on what part. Oklahoma City – like if my my likewise in Oklahoma City, they pop. They're one of the best ones in Oklahoma City because they have some of the best flour, but they have a lot of people competing for that top quality best flour. In McAllister, it's a bunch of cheap paycheck by paycheck trying to get the bottom dollar best you can, cheap as you can. So you also have to weigh those aspects of it and, and where you're at and what you're selling, but you have I've I've griped from the beginning of my, my videos that if you're not careful and you're not on point, you're gonna have wolves come in this game because this is a cannabis game. You're always gonna have the people that come in and undercut. And there's like five dispensaries now that are that are just fucking slaying it with the concentrates. You know, I mean you can get you get, you know, you get anywhere from ten to six five concentrates for a hundred bucks and it's they're all top quality. You can get everywhere else. One that I was selling at one dis our dispensary was forty bucks a gram, and at that dispensary in OKC it was twenty bucks a gram. Oh wow, this uh, is very different. But you know Do why? You? And the same why thing I told them from the get go: bulk, buy bulk. It's it's the hustler mentality, bro. It's and it's been this way from the game. I've been in, I've been I've been selling cannabis since I was sixteen, right? You buy more. The more you buy, the cheaper you get it per gram. The cheaper you get it per gram, the cheaper you can sell it to the people per gram, which means you're going to undercut everyone else. The cheaper you sell it, the more you're going to sell it. The more you're going to sell it, the more you're going to buy. The more you're going to buy, the cheaper you're going to get it. And it's just a revolving fucking circle. But when you want to make crack max dollar off of it and you buy it, and you double it a little extra and then you have to set on it and then you don't sell it as much. And then when you go to get more, you want a discount, but Hey, it took you two months. You ain't getting a discount this time. You just still have to set on it. So it's a, you know, if you're not buying bulk and fucking flipping bulk, you're not getting them cheap discounts and you're not, you know, you're just not doing it. It makes so much sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. So, the and I will say my my other thing to any bud tender future bud tender, um, there's two things about bud tending in my opinion that that will let one 
if you were a stoner your entire life or someone that was in cannabis, um, try not to get too offended by your coworker that was the same person that picked on your type of people growing up in high school. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I work with a dude. I work with a dude now that was a jock, big muscle jock, and always hated stoners. But now he smokes weed and he works in a dispensary. And it's like, man, in a way, you feel like you don't have a right. I'm glad everyone is, but there's still part of that. Like, man, you 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 tortured kids as a school for doing what you're doing for a living. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's kind of how I feel about um, cannabis being federally legalized. Yeah, because I I feel like. I don't know. I feel like it's going to lose that that inclusiveness and that you know that special culture. Yeah, there's. There, I don't know. There'll never. The cult, I don't. I don't think the culture will ever go away, man. I think it'll. I think it'll subcategorize. Is what it'll do. You know, you're gonna be like a. You're gonna have your dabbers, and then you're gonna have your your you know because for a while it was it was reggie smokers and then it was oh well i only smoke good i don't smoke reggie well now it's i, I don't smoke dabs i only smoke well now instead of just smoking dabs i don't smoke bho i only smoke sh you know i only smoke yeah. right right you know i or solventless yeah you know i only smoke solventless no and i don't smoke solventless unless it's just fucking live head and it's full melt and i only use that on my other short banger you know what i mean like it's gonna <laughs> It's going to categorize them, these fucking crazy So I wanted to um, talk a little bit about you, because I know you do a little bit of everything. Um, you do a little bit of your own growing. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I have, a, I have a couple outdoor plants that I'm growing this year. How does, like, uh, how long have you been growing on your own? Um, to be honest, this will be my first year actually growing just for the simple fact of um, a uh, when <laughs> charges for growing versus charges for selling were a lot worse. So I never uh, stepped into that aspect until we were legal, if that makes sense. Gotcha. How many so, plants you got? Um, I got three outdoor right now. Um, what, what hinders me majorly is the fact of where I live currently. Um, I live in apartments but they're federally assisted apartments so technically i'm not supposed to smoke or anything where i'm at so i've got three outdoor plants over at my mom's house and i just go check on them a couple times a week it's just kind of my goal is to make uh get as much math as i can to make rso to try and help with my ra and stomach issues so that's kind of the goal with it this year rso is expensive and that is a really tough process right the RSO process for extraction, it's a little bit more um, difficult than most extraction processes. Uh, RSO, R, uh, RSO is actually one of the easiest extraction methods because you just soak your flour in a high proof grain alcohol. So like Everclear or something like that. And then gotcha. you strain the flour off and then you low heat reduce all the alcohol back off of it. So you're just left with the main difference with um, it, you're basically just making a tincture, but you want it to set longer in the alcohol to remove more of the fats and lipids, because those are some of the things that help with the, you know, when you're actually taking it um, in your stomach and stuff that helps with the medical issues. 
Gotcha. All that working together from what I've read, you know, you want the fats, the lipids, the cannabinoids, you know, you want as much of the whole plant aspect as we can, not just strictly the, the cannabinoids when you're using it for taking it top of, you know, taking it orally like that. Once it goes in your stomach, you want it to be able to do the best work it can. So, Gotcha. So, uh, I know like, um, you've been budgeting for, for a while. What are your, like, what do you want to do in the industry, like overall, like long-term? Oh man. You know, I mean that it's one of them things that I, I, uh, you know, you have a lot of things that you would like to do, but the thing with uh, the cannabis industry, just like any industry is it takes money to do those things. So, um, to be honest with you, like my long-term goal, like I would love to, to pheno hunt and find, uh, really good flowers with high cannabinoids or high terpene counts and then actually use ratios of different flowers like a quarter pound of this one a pound of this one and come up with certain ratios to make oils and uh, and concentrates and stuff that are actually specific blends that cater to specific things with you know specific you know, cannabinoids and terpenes and things like that that you can't get with just one flower so that's what I would really like to do, but what will end up happening? Not much, you know, I'll just butt in until this, until this, I mean, actually I'm really trying to, once my health gets back good, I really want to get back into the machining industry. So okay. as much as I love cannabis and I love to be in it, I just, you know, uh, $10 an hour versus $22 an hour is a big difference. So <laughs> very much so, yeah, you know, that's what's up. Um, but do, do you I feel mean, like there's opportunities to grow in the cannabis industry out there? Uh, so that was, you know, I was thinking about that earlier. This, So there, the thing with, with bud tending, let's just say bud tending specifically. Um, one is it's, you know, it's going to be variable. It depends on who you talk to. But someone that's been in it a while, that understands it, that really wants to help people here for the medicinal fact and just all of it that's a genuine good bud tender, a good, a good you know, they're, it's frustrating. It's really frustrating, to be honest with you. It's hard because you're not the owner. You know, you don't have the final say so in the things that you get in your products, the quality of the products you have and the things that you have. So you have to, in a sense, be as honest as you can. But a part of you still has to be a salesman because you still have to sell the product that you have, whether the store next door has better product or not. And you would rather go next door. You still work there and you still have to try to, you know, sell the product that you have. So it's really a, you know, it's 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 really it can be frustrating at times, you know, it's very rewarding just for the simple fact of there's nothing more rewarding when I get a patient in and I can spend 30 minutes explaining the different cannabinoids and what they do to them and the difference in the terpenes, you know, and the difference in edibles and topicals and all of it and the bioavailability. And when you get someone that's actually willing to listen and wants to learn, like, you know, that's, that's the most rewarding aspect of all of it. But um, sometimes it's hard to get to that point. I definitely hear that. It's just, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree 100% because sometimes in our shop, we'll get something in, and I'm just like, why? <laughs> you know, what is this for? Or right. who is this for? Um, but at the same time, like you said, we, we're we in a business, and we have to sell this product, you know. But um, I sometimes I just got to tell myself, like, I need to stay in my lane because I don't know what's going on behind the scenes and why they got right. this product, how much they got it for, what the deal was. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you, you hit it. You, yeah. You, you were right about that. And then, you know, I mean, it, it also varies from, you know, you may get used to the way one dispensary is ran, but hell we're, we're a very small town and we have 15 shops in this one town and every one of them is ran differently. 
you know, it depends on if the, you know, a lot of places you've got your owners there 24 seven that kind of work there that are micromanaged that keep it. And then some of them you've got that aren't really there at all. But the one major downfall that I will say I've found in the cannabis industry is if you have cannabis experience, you can get a job. Well, you've got managers out there that are managers because they were a bud tender for a year, but they've never managed anything whatsoever. They have no management skills. They have no people skills. They don't know how to do inventory. They've never managed, but just because they have cannabis skills, they get the job. You should be looking at it like a normal job. You should be hiring the managers that have years of manager experience because all you're doing is teaching them your products. You know, you're not. Chivin, I could not agree with you more on that. Like, I feel that's across the board in the uh, cannabis industry. I feel like they really they really hold a lot of weight on the fact that you've worked in cannabis, but they don't realize that if they hire people that are specialty in retail, they probably get a better understanding of how to sell the products. Oh. Even the ones that you're, like, on the fence about, where you're like, why would I sell this? You know what I mean? I think that helps. Oh, a hundred percent. And, and just, I mean, with across the board and, and I'm feeling that that's what I'm starting to learn is we're, we're inundated with the cannabis community now. So we're a part of it. And I see us kind of as one across the board. I know that, you know, what's happening in Oklahoma is not any difference that's happening in other States and yeah. a very small portion of the people that make it are actually genuinely good hearted people that want to do the community. Correct. You know what I mean? It's, it's cannabis. It's, it's, it's been a drug forever. There's always been crooks in the business and all they did was switch from black market to legal. And now that we're legal, we expect this like, Oh, it's going to be great and fantastic. And people are going to abide by the rules and we're going to have medicine and we're not going to have to worry about pesticides and all this stuff. But, we forget that this is a money, 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 money business. And people don't care about the pesticides. People don't care about people's health. People just care about making their money. So, you know, and it, and it being such a gray area, being something that's so new and hard to enforce, it's, you know, you can run. And, and in Oklahoma, your first offense is they'll come in and say, hey, you need to quit doing that. You need to straighten up when we come back in here. You know, you need to have stuff under wraps. So you can run pretty, pretty right. wild your first offense. And even if you do get in trouble, it's like a $2,500 fine. They don't yank your stuff. You can keep on rolling, you know? So it's, it's wild. It's, it's hard to know who you can trust. You know, you've got to, you've got to really, it's, it's, it's a crazy game, but that's cannabis. In general, I believe right? the, oh yeah, for sure. And I believe the problem is the long term, right? So right now it might be great and you're going to make tons of money, especially now during this time. Um, every, even the small mom pop cannabis dispensaries, but down the line, once this becomes federally legal, um, those small mind that didn't conform to the actual retail standards and, you know, standard, you know, procedures, um, be, they'll end up closing just like every other market in the world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I've been I've been speaking on that for a long time because I've spoke from the beginning that uh, another thing in Oklahoma is if if. You don't have to do it yet. Why do it yet? Well, we know this is going to be the law and it, and it's actually been approved, but it's not passed for another six months. So we can slide by until we have to, you know, um, the, people, right. the people that are going to make it are these big, as much as I hate to say it, are these big companies that come from out of state that have been doing it, that know how to do it, that come in and abide by all the rules that are trying to tank out the price, you know, and are, and are ready for that. The mom and pop shops that come in that are, I call them nine toe Tommies. They're, they just, 
they're scared to put their whole foot in. You know, they're, they're really scared <laughs> to, to fully step in. They just want to put their pinky toe in because if, if they lose their pinky toe, it's not that big of a deal. They can still survive. But if right. they, they don't realize that if they invest everything and put their whole body into it, then they will reap the benefits, you know. You, you got to put in, you got to put the money into this. You got to, you know, it, it, because again, it's cannabis. You buy mass, you get it cheaper. You sell it cheaper, you buy more. If you buy a little bit, right. you get it more expensive. You sell it more expensive, you sell a little bit. And you're just always at that, you know, revolving circle. And then you get the wolves that are kind of come in and abide by the rules and, and buy shit bulk and spend it super cheap. And they're just going to take out the price. And that's the thing. That's exactly. Is because we don't have those regulations, our pricing is just, we're about to hit crop, you know, we're about to hit harvest time again. And I know you can get, you know me wrong, it's not good, but you can find $75 ounces, $100 ounces. Someone called the other day, I seen an advertisement the other day for like $46 ounces. Oh my goodness. You know, granted it's outdoor, but it's still there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's still, you can still, you know, concentrates after right now, our top shelf concentrates are 40 are you know mediocre is, is is like 25 and i i expect that to drop by 10 or 15 dollars by december wow wow because we have thousands and thousands of growers you know thousands i mean it's 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 amazing i think we're up to like three thousand maybe two thousand growers or something like that approved in the state of Oklahoma. so is that a normal thing for prices to fluctuate depending on like the harvest times and everything oh yeah uh harvest harvest always you know you always be because the majority of a large portion of cannabis is growing outside. You don't get to harvest till, you know, October. And then once October hits, you have a full year's worth, you know, you know, a thousand growers that are harvesting all at the same time to put all their flower out at the same time. So yeah, you know, it, it, it bottoms out the market and then it, it's not like it really recoups year to year. It's not like it tanks out in December and then it gets, you know, we're so flooded right now. We're looking at being the next organ. You know I mean? We're looking at being, you know, having so much flour that we're not really going to know what to do with. Because, right. of, you know, it's the pros and cons. You allow every mom and pop. It only costs $2,500 to get your license. That's it. So yeah. all the people that have it. So you allow all them people to come in. You give everyone the chance. But that floods the market, you know, and, and everyone's right now. It's a race. I mean, it's a race to the bottom. The big, the big people will straight up tell you, you know, we're 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 here to tank it. That's what we're about to do. Right. Where Chicago market is the exact opposite. Not enough growers, not enough dispensaries. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's completely a disconnect. So I feel like um, because we're not federally legal, you're we're still going to be, you know, held down by these um, these standards, really. Right. Right. I think uh, I've said from the beginning, you know, Oklahoma was all about the money. We've been about the money, and that's why we've been so, you know, lax in the ways. We're the Wild West. We've, we, you know, you look at Arkansas past, I think, two years before us, and I think they only have 33 dispensaries in the entire state. You know, we have like a, like 250 in Oklahoma City alone. So it's, you know, and that's so it really depends on your pros and cons and what you want to look at um, as from a business aspect, you know, on, on making money and really being able to survive. The Oklahoma motto sucks because it doesn't matter if you're big business or small business, if you really don't have the money to invest and and race to the bottom for that bottom price, then, you know, you're going to get shut out of it to where if you've only got 100 dispensaries in the entire state, you're going to be able to run your price up high for a long time, you know. So as a patient, we get a lot, I I think, you know, and I've said from the get go, just because I've been in cannabis so long, it doesn't take, 
it's not it's it doesn't take that much to grow weed you know it's not that expensive at the end of it when you're growing pounds and pounds it doesn't really cost that much to grow so i think we pay too much yeah yeah outdoors doesn't cost hardly anything and i think we've always paid too much you know i mean again i've i've been hustling my entire life i've always been in the i always thought you know we charge too much so i've always been on that race to the bottom i've been that guy but as a patient it's great you know but as a as a business i mean it's it's going to be hard to survive yeah exactly yeah and that's the whole thing is that um these bigger larger businesses they're not going to be doing more, more than likely. They're not going to be doing indoor grow. They're going to want to get out as much product as they possibly can. Yeah, yeah. You know, <clears throat> when you become the Walmart of weed, then it's uh, every man for himself. And more than likely they'll just buy everything off of everybody at a very, very inexpensive price. Um, and that market will never change or fluctuate yeah. because they're running it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I actually read an article. Um, it kind of goes this. I read an article about uh, the like some of the big, big corporations. And they said that the way that the Oklahoma market is, is they can't come in and compete because there is so many small mom and pops. There is so much competition that they can't they can't even come in and buy up everything because there's so much. You know what I mean? It's it's it actually keeps that huge, huge corporations from coming in the way it is right now. But in the next couple of years, as people start falling off and the big corporations come in and start buying them up, I feel like that's where we're going to see that. Yes, we just got to get smarter about how we run our dispensaries, how we run our cultivations, and basically <clears throat> the ratio of how many people are growing to how many dispensaries we have, that kind of thing. It has to be a little bit more logical. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it'll, it'll phase itself out there too. I mean, the, the other part is like the outdoor, everyone, you know, outdoor is cheap. You grow mass, but in the sense, like the connoisseurs, the weird part about Oklahoma is connoisseur flower and concentrates have still held their own as in hash rosin, yeah. good hash rosin. That shit's still the cheapest hash rosin you can get 70 bucks a gram. It still is usually, you know, 80 bucks, 90 bucks um, to where you can go get a gram of, you know, diamonds and turp sauce for 40 bucks. You know, you can get outdoor flour for six or eight a gram, but you're still paying 13 to 15 for really, really, really good exotic top shelf. So the people are still willing to pay, but you know, there's, there's I think what a lot of people underestimated is there's just so many people that smoke weed in Oklahoma. <laughs> I don't think anyone expected that, you know, we're in the center of everything. No, we have I 40 and, uh i-35 both running straight through us so they're two huge inter you know one runs up from mexico and the other one runs you know east west from you know both coasts so we're right smack dab in the middle of all that all that our entire life so everyone in oklahoma smoke weed anyways i think but yeah i never would have thought oklahoma would be flooded with cannabis um, that, that, that did surprise me when you talked about it see i uh when we passed, I real I, I seen it because again, I, I, I'm a conspiracy theorist, if you will. I kinda have these um so like a year before Oklahoma went legal, two years, like our teachers were raising hell about not having enough money. They went on strike because they weren't getting paid enough and all this stuff. And during this whole time they kept talking about this loophole that like the politicians had, this kickback that they kept getting all this money in Oklahoma, like all the the big upper government in Oklahoma kept getting this kickback, but they were talking about it, but they said that they like couldn't, 
So then all of a sudden, the next year, Oklahoma passed medical marijuana, and we have so much money now we don't know what to do with, and no one's bitching about it, you know, and these politicians are still getting their kickback and all this extra money. So, yeah, it's a, it's Oklahoma's 100% one of them crooked money states. <laughs> That's what it's all about. <laughs> That's what's so bad. Give somebody a little money. Let's see what happens. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's definitely a – it's wild. It's the, the I keep, you know, I, I forget that it's the cannabis industry. You got to, I go to work every day and I just, I go to work and that's it. So you can also, you know, you, you got to look at a park. It's just a job, but then it's, hell, you also, Oklahoma is not very secure. That's one thing that I've said from the beginning too. Like our dispensary is all glass front and there's like one door that keeps you from the back. But like when we're open, it's unlocked. All you have to do is just walk in and you can walk straight into the dispensary. When we close at night, we don't put everything up. Every, I mean, it's it's fucking like it's wild how how unsecure it is out here. How easily we could get robbed if someone walked in with a gun, they could take everything we had with no problem. There's no security to keep them out. There's no check-ins to keep them out. You know, I mean, it's just oh, free. wow. Yeah it's, yeah, it's pretty different out here. Most most dispensaries, you have to walk into a lobby first, get checked in, then go get buzzed in through another door. Yes. Hella security, armed security everywhere. So, yeah, it's a, it's a little different. See, in some places have the security. I've never, you know, I don't necessarily feel like you 100% need this. If you've got your check-in gates good enough, you know what I mean? Like, you you, you kind of know. But, but yeah, I mean, still, you we have none of those precautions. You know, you'll get some shops that have them, but, like, they're – I mean, hell, you can literally just throw a, a, a brick through the glass window and, and – <laughs> yank the next door down you know i mean it's, it's crazy how unsecure everything is in these places and i've said you know if you as a as a as an owner of a dispensary you should care more about your bud tenders lives because you're never there you never see it but if someone comes in and wants to rob us they can very easily there's no precautions to keep us from that and again absolutely this is cannabis people do do this yeah. people rob convenience stores so it makes you think they're not going to rob the cannabis store you know Yeah, that's nuts. Well, Kevin, with, with all of our guests, we have to know, my man, what you've been smoking on. What you've been smoking on the last couple of days. You know, what's been what's been doing it for you? Oh man. Um what up, man? You know, and that's the other weird part. Actually, so I'm a I'm a concentrate dabber mostly. Okay. And we had some really good Don Carlos flour at the shop that's been real nice. But I found some new concentrates, and that's the other weird part is there's no there's no name on it. It does not tell me who makes this shit at all. It's good. Like, <laughs> I want to review them and tag them and stuff, but, like, the top of it says crumble concentrate, and it doesn't have, like, a name on it or anything anywhere. It just says crumble sugar or whatever they are. So I don't exactly know who it is, but, I mean, it's been decent, which is crazy. Like, why, why would you not put your that you made the product? You know? Yeah, like did you not have confidence exactly. in your own product? Yeah, I mean it's 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 I don't know. That's the whole there's no standard on that stuff too, you know. It, it, it's all crazy. I can I can talk about this stuff forever. Uh, well, my man been smoking on some anonymous crumble. <laughs> some what? anonymous crumble. Anonymous crumble. Yeah. I guess. What you yeah, been smoking yeah. on, Rocky? Um, I ended up picking up uh, some Polaris. Uh, 
head cheese as well as some blue Maui. So shout out to Polaris. Always consistently good. Very, very true. That's what's up. Yeah. What about you, Gerald? What you got going on uh, over there? I had to I switched it up a little bit. I've been dabbing a little bit lately. So I picked up the uh, some trendy live resin, some some collab, mm-hmm. add some butter. I got some of that um strawberry uh, strawberry banana. Okay. Live resin. Then I got some um some ghost train haze, which is all always tastes amazing. Yeah, those yes. That's the, that's the funny part too. Like, you know, <laughs> what are you smoking? Like, hell, there's so many names on this stuff now. I know. <laughs> like, it, you know what I mean? It, 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 like, I have so many people come in too and they're like, I want a sativa 100%. Like, man, Good like, luck. I don't even, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, you know, this, this, this indica over here that smells really lemony is probably going to give you that sativa effect also. Like, it's, yeah. you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. <laughs> that's the thing with being a bud tender man i was gonna say like it's not i feel like it's a conglomeration of multiple jobs being a because you have to know your product you also have to be able to yep. read your patient because it's not a convenience store they're not just buying candy some people want help some people really want to know what these products are some people want to tell you what to do and you got to know the difference between those people you got to know the difference between the person that wants high thc and really doesn't care and it, they don't want to learn anything else they just want the highest thc there is so and it you know i mean it's 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 just a conglomeration so much i feel like so many people think oh i, I smoke weed i could be a good bud tender but and it, it takes more than just smoking weed or, or or you know it's 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 multiple jobs in one you got to know the medical aspect of it you got to be a good customer service i mean you have to know how to work with the money and everything too you got to be good with weights and math like there's so much more to it, in my opinion. Oh, but that's that's oh, that is not an opinion. That's a fact. <laughs> that is, yeah. Well, not, we agree with you, Keevan. <laughs> Keevan, if anybody had any questions for you, man, if they're like, "Hey, uh, you know, what's it like in Oklahoma?" I'm thinking about it. Where can they contact you, man? Um, find me on Instagram at Keevan's Customs and Reviews. That's K underscore Evans A E V e-n-s underscore customs with a k it's kind of long um <laughs> and then uh same thing on facebook also but if you guys have not checked out Kevin's page please do so um he's very knowledgeable you definitely want to utilize people like this as a springboard because they've been in the industry and they have the know-how and the wherewithal to understand what butt tenders go Hell through yes give some of the best reviews super educational that's how i um that's how I found him watching his videos. So yeah, big shout out to you, man. Please, please keep doing what you're doing, man. Because sure, you're doing a you're doing a, a great service for the industry. I appreciate y'all. You, man, when you know we, we definitely run into to hardships sometimes, and I, I wonder if I should even continue doing this. But when y'all reach out and things like this, definitely make me a give me that drive to keep moving forward. So I appreciate it. No, we appreciate you, man. Yeah, and if we have any uh, cultivators or anybody out there is looking for some pheno hunters, Keevan is down for the count on this one. So if he, if you, if you have any jobs out there that re- require pheno hunting, this is the dude. And guess what, man? Come to find out that is a big market right now. So hopefully somebody li- out there listening will check out Keevan's page and contact him. Otherwise, we are on high. We are at High Bud Tenders on Instagram. 
or you can check us out at www.highbudtenders.com. You can also listen to the podcast from that uh, website as well. Thank you, Keevan, for coming on the show, man. You are amazing. We really appreciate you. And for everybody else out there, stay high, bud, tenders.